right, all right. Welcome to this special edition of the Cabot Ships podcast from the AFSIA USNI West Symposium in San Diego. This podcast is sponsored by HII. HII is America's premier shipbuilder and is the designer and operator of the U.S. Navy's live virtual constructive training enterprise, the largest in the Department of Defense. HII delivers the all-domain advantage. All right. Thanks for joining us for our day two coverage of the West 2023 conference out here uh, in a chilly San Diego. Uh, joining us today is Xavier Beal, Newport News Shipbuilding's Vice President of Human Resources. Xavier, it is fantastic to have you on the show. Even if you're not in San Diego, you're in a warmer Newport News, but you were kind enough to join us uh, on Zoom. Thanks again for joining the Cava Ships podcast. Happy to be here, Chris. Thank you for the invitation. Well, I'll ask the first question and then I'll uh, pitch it over to my partner, Chris Cavus, who um, has really followed uh, workforce development and uh, shipyard human resources very closely throughout his career. Um, Xavier, you've been in this job about a year. What have you seen in that year and what has your focus been um, as you've been working um, human resources and workforce development? I've been in this job for about a year, Chris, but I've, I've led the trades um, division prior to this for about four years. And in that division, also having a, a tight uh, alignment with workforce challenges and working with the HR organization to get the resources we need. And what I've experienced over the past couple of years is mm -hmm. a workforce environment that has been extremely dynamic. Um, as a HR practitioner, it's been fascinating to watch. As a business leader, um, it has required all hands on deck to come up with innovative strategies to weather that storm as we're starting to see some flattening of that volatility. So I'll ask one more and then I'll turn it over to Chris. Um, if mo most of our, of our audience has likely been to a ship commissioning or a ship christening, but there's a large portion that may not have been. Um, at every one of these events, regardless of the yard, um, the leadership makes a point of really extolling the virtues of the people side of shipbuilding. That um, yes, ships are a technological marvel um, and they will go off and do great things, but they don't come together by themselves. And that it really does take the men and women that are shipbuilders to kind of make that happen. Um, can you talk a little bit about sort of that shipbuilding culture and kind of what it takes to both grow it and maintain it? Um, and, you know, you started off as a, as a pipe fitter and a shipbuilder yourself. So what does that mean for you as you deal with the challenges of that dynamic environment that you just spoke about? So great question, Chris. Um, one of the things that we, we pride ourselves on at Newport New Shipbuilding is our people. And as you indicated, with the techno technological advancements we've made and we will continue to make, we will always be a people-first business. And at Newport News Shipbuilding, we've invested significantly in the development of our people from a technical standpoint, as well as our investments in our culture in transforming not only how we construct um, the, the ships that we deliver to our Navy, but the environment in which we construct them. Uh, we've made significant significant capital investments in our facility to ensure that we're taking our people out of weather in the, as, as much as possible. Uh, we're removing as many of some of the physical challenges this in shipbuilding as possible with, with technology insertions and that commitment to helping our shipbuilders develop and grow. As you indicated, 
Um, I started my career at Newport News Shipbuilding as a pipe fitter. And here, our, our, our other mantra is we build more than ships, we build careers. To have the ability to have this remarkable journey that I've been on for over 20 years, to move from a deck plate pipe fitter to leading the trades organization and the human resources organization has been nothing short of astounding um, and remarkable and rewarding. So pe people is what we start with. Uh, people are our key enabler to uh, accomplishing what we accomplish, and we're going to commit, continue to um, pour into our people. The last thing I'll say about this is um, we're, we're also leaning heavily forward with our community partners in developing and coordinating uh, our Hampton Roads regional training system. We recognize that this is a, a, a full contact sport that's going to require all of our stakeholders to lean in. And what we're doing is helping ensure that we have a robust pipeline that's going to meet not only Newport News shipbuilding's demand, but our public and private yards and maritime demand in the region overall. Um, we know that individuals that actually come through uh, these world-class training programs that, that we started and we're continuing to grow in our region, uh, they get to time to talent much faster than those that do not. And that means that they're adding and contributing at a higher level uh, when they start Newport News Shipbuilding and those that come in without that experience of that pipeline training. So uh, Xavier, Chris Cavus here. So you, you started as a pipe fitter. A personal question, how old were you when you signed on to Huntington Ingalls Newport News Shipbuilding? 18 years old. You were 18 years old. You've been there more than 20 Eight. years. Uh, I had a break in service. I had a break. In, I've been okay. here more than 20 years. I had a, a, a short break in service, um, went off to finish a couple degrees and um, did some other things before coming back to the company. And that brought you to where you are today. But um, I, I guess what I was getting at is that you've been there for, for, for quite a long time. You started started fairly young um, and you stayed there. And that's in, in most of the shipyards over over the years. That's really the, the trend that most shipbuilding uh, you have shipbuilding families where, you know, my dad worked here, my uncle worked here, you know, my brother works here, this sort of thing. And you get a lot of folks who had 25, 30, even 40 and more years. That doesn't seem to be the trend anymore. I think one of the, it's a cultural thing that um, it's not, it's, it's not just shipbuilding. It's, it's, it's all around, but that was, was sort of a cultural thing with shipbuilding. It's not so much anymore, is it? I mean, people come, but they don't, they get the training, you train them up, they go through your apprenticeship program, they start up, but they don't stay. It's sometimes seven, eight, nine years, that's it. And they're off to some to, to take those skills elsewhere. Can you talk a little bit about how you're working on retention? How do you how do you keep those people? Because it takes a long time to train a master welder, for example. We're fortunate here at Newport News, though, Chris. I will take a little bit of different perspective at that. When we look at the volume of people in our company that actually have 40 years of continuous service, uh, we, we still have a, a healthy pipeline of that. But just like other trends you're seeing with the transit nature of the workforce, we are experiencing some of that. What we do see, though, is what, with our training programs like our apprentice school, um, 80, 80 plus percent remain with our company after, after completing that school and move up through uh, the ranks. One of the things that we're doing here at Newport News, or a couple of things we're doing to ensure that not only are we attracting, but we're retaining those shipbuilders to our company is drawing upon that rich legacy that you just said. When we talk about what's offered here, the opportunities, 
and quite frankly, how we're building ships today. Um, most of the workforce that's coming into our company are digital natives, and we're building ships with digital tools. Um, the things that we're doing from a training perspective with virtual reality and augmented reality to allow our workforce coming in to learn in a safe to fail environment um, is, is valuable. Uh, we're meeting them where they are as they come into the company. Um, but just as important as it is to keep to touch base with the incoming shipbuilding and especially those those young persons that are actually coming in like I did at 18 years of age, having a, a father who's a master shipbuilder of 40 plus years with this company, it was pretty clear to me early on that you know shipbuilding was going to be in my future. It's how do we without having having as we're growing here and 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 um, those master shipbuilders, although we have a healthy number, are starting as they start to retire. How we're making sure we have that connectivity it's, it's ensuring that the ones that are here are having a rewarding experience so that they can be ambassadors for us to attract and retain those of the future and it starts with our leaders it starts with our culture it starts with our environment and um, i'm really proud of the things that we've done over the years we're culturally here at newport news uh, to do that and to connect with parents so that they can see the value proposition assigned with a career in shipbuilding because it's rewarding um, and, and whether you're coming in as an engineer or you're coming in as a pipe fitter, um, we have competitive wages and those individuals that decide to come in um, in our trades. Uh, we look at the comparison of a craftsperson in four years compared to a person that's gone to college for four years. Um, and it's a compelling argument, given the earnings that will have occurred in four years, opposite the debt that may have been accrued in four years if a person elects to go to college. And by no means are we saying that college is not a good option. We just want um, individuals entering the workforce or making a decision as they transit from high school to make informed decisions and know that there are other opportunities besides college. Because it may not be, it may just be that it's college, not college right now, um, that they can start here. And, and we offer really good uh, tuition assistance here to help individuals if they decide to go off and get a degree. I know that, you know, computer literacy, digital literacy, whatever little trendy catchphrase there is for that today uh, is a big thing and and this is this has made it into shipbuilding and made it down to the uh, in, in inside the yard so I was down at the uh, commission uh, christening uh, not the christening kill ceremony for the uh, Cary Enterprise last summer and uh, the company made a point of having uh, a nice young uh, ship fitter there with a with a laptop computer showing how she dialed in every day, got her work uh, work assignments and uh, carried that with her all around the yard during the day as the you know, major tool for how she went about her job. That was pretty neat. You also think of the other side of that, where you know a lot of these skills take many years to really perfect. Um, that it, you, can't, you can train a welder, but, but a master welder really comes about after only years and years of, of doing the job. Um, that's not something you can train up pretty fast, but you, those people are very valuable. You, you, you really need those folks, but they may not be the most computer literate people around. So you kind of had some, do you have some of this like sort of reverse mentoring going on sometimes when you've got young people who may, you know, to totally at ease with the, with the digital side of things. Uh, but you have the skill sets, you know, there's welding and things that um, they don't have. Can you talk a little bit about that a little? How does how, how's that work it out in your yard? You're looking at the art of shipbuilding and the intersection of technology. And the as I indicated, the, the digital natives that are actually coming into the yard, 
um, they're extremely comfortable with the technology. Um, but, but what they're also doing is they're helping accelerate that learning curve for some of our incumbent workforce that may not be as comfortable with the technology. And, um, and inversely, that extremely skilled workforce is imparting those where I'm going to say the, the tricks of the craft to, to the new workforce. And what the other interesting um, thing that we've noticed here is, as we thought that many of our experienced shipbuilders were not going to be early adopters of the technology, we've been surprised as far as the pool from them as well as, as using that technology. Um, and, and we're leveraging the technology in the training as well as the execution of, of the work. So it's pretty remarkable. The young talent that's coming in here, even the ones that don't come through the training programs, um, they're bringing a, a sense of curiosity, though, um, as far as questioning why we do things. And that questioning, that questioning attitude oftentimes results in innovation and a different approach to how we've done things in the past. So a lot of people will talk about the inexperience as being a risk or a challenge. I look at it as an opportunity. And um, I'm impressed every day with the talent that the incoming talent to the incoming resources that are actually coming to our organization are bringing and the innovation they're bringing. And you marry that with the master shipbuilders or the master craftsmen that are at the deck plate. And I think that we're setting the foundation for something great. And lastly here, you know, people, when, when people think workforce at a shipyard, what first comes to mind and obviously during this discussion is, is the, is the, the trades. So the pipe fitters, the welders, electricians, et cetera. But you have an awful lot of planners, managers, engineers, architects. These are enormous jobs. They take months, if not years, to plan in great detail. Um, it really is an incredibly daunting task when you're talking about not just uh, building an aircraft carrier, but a big part of your business is the uh, refueling overhaul when a carrier comes in and spends three and a half to five years or even more at the moment, um, where that, that, that ship is <clears throat> really ripped apart and rebuilt almost. Um, that's just, these are huge ships, thousands of compartments. Um, that takes an awful lot of planning. That's a big part of, of, of your workforce as well. How are you doing on retention, attracting, attracting people who are qualified, keeping those people? Can you talk about that side of the house for a little bit? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll talk about the latter first and then come forward to present. Uh, we did experience, um, uh, I will say, some turbulence in our workforce with respect to attrition uh, during the periods of 21 and early 22, like most, um, regardless of the industry in our nation. Uh, but we have seen stabilization. When we, we look at leading indicators all the time, and, and when we start seeing risk to our organization for increased attrition, and quite frankly, that increased attrition coming to fruition, uh, we took aggressive steps to leverage data to kind of understand our top risk areas and to put actions in place to mitigate those risks. And towards the latter part of 22, we saw some, some flattening of, of that attrition and we have aggressive measures and actions in place to get back to our pre-pandemic uh, pandemic attrition rates. We watch it closely every month. Uh, my organization, we watch it weekly, uh, but from an enterprise standpoint, the senior leadership team, we're looking at these things and these metrics on a monthly basis to see if they're yielding the outcomes uh, that we're looking for, which you're absolutely right. Uh, we, we have a, we're, our, our workforce is about 50-50 as far as the skilled production workforce and our salary workforce, which includes our engineers, our planners, our business professionals, 
um, and our production and construction leadership, just to name a few. Um, and so what the best way that we can retain them is just like retaining our hourly workforce. It's one, the localized work teams that they're with, the overall culture that we actually have in the company and the ability for them to learn and grow. Learning and growing means more than just promotion to the to the next level. Is is learning and growing laterally as well, um, and and ensuring that they're having meaningful work to do, and working on innovative and challenging work, and connecting them to our mission. As I'm looking out here at our, out my window now, um, and and looking at our, our our waterfront and our products here, um, you know we can't uh, fall shy or or fail to recognize the mission that we have at Newport News Shipbuilding, which supports the mission of our Navy. And uh, we spend a lot of time with that, with our workforce um, and, and as a rallying point and leveraging, quite frankly, our, our sailors that are in uniform that we have here to help drive home that message. I think all those things together are key inputs to us um, curtailing some of the attrition or if you want to call it the um, the, 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 the great attrition that was actually the great resignation that we saw a couple of years ago. All those inputs and strategies that we put here at Newport News are starting to show favorable trends. And uh, we're going we're gonna to continue with those efforts. How many people do you want to hire in 2023? 2023, I'll talk to my production workforce, um, which is a, a major concern, is, is roughly uh, 2,200 people. We had a little over 2,300 last year. 2,200 people in 2023. For, yes, sir. For, for the trades, okay. All right. Well, thank you. That, uh, that's all the time we have for today. Uh, Mr. Beal, thank you so much for being here on the Cavishers podcast. Folks, we've been talking to Xavier Beal. He is the vice president of human resources at Newport News Shipbuilding, a major division of Huntington Ingalls Industries. Thank you for being here, Mr. Beal. No, thank you all for the invitation. This special edition of the Cavishers podcast from the AFCA USNI West Symposium in San Diego has been sponsored by HII. HII is America's premier shipbuilder and is the designer and operator of the U.S. Navy's live virtual constructive training enterprise, the largest in the Department of Defense. HII delivers the all-domain advantage. Thanks for listening, and bye-bye.